Excited for a road trip? Start it off right with auto coverage from American Family Insurance. J.D. Power ranked us number one in customer satisfaction with the auto insurance shopping experience among mid-size insurers. Get a quote at AmFam.com. American Family Insurance. For J.D. Power 2021 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at Kroger.com boost. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And good evening, one and all, to the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next, oh, let me see, four hours, I'm going to be your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network and our family of broadcast affiliates right around the world. And of course, on iHeartRadio. If you'd like to send me an email, my email address is exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites exxonradiotv.com and uh, if you'd like to find out about the great programming we have available for you 724-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network visit us at www.xzbn.net 
My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Rosalind Byrne, and Rosalind's life changed profoundly when she fell off a horse and into a river in Costa Rica. After she climbed back into the saddle and began to ride again, she heard that horse speaking to her. Now, that was in 2012. Since then, she was uh, she has written two books related to horses. When the Horses Whisper recounts her early experiences as an equine empath. Its sequel, Walking to Beauty, is an autobiographical reflection in which she traces the emergence of her intuitive empathic gifts and then details recent encounters with a mare named Beauty and a stallion named Guano. Joining me now is Rosalind Byrne. And Rosalind, welcome back to the X-Zone. Oh, what a delight it is for me to be back with you, Rob. Thank you. It is so great talking to you again. Uh, You know, people who do not have animals or have a connection to animals like you and I do cannot understand what we're talking about. And if they can't understand what you and I talk about with the connection we have with our... I, I find it hard to call them animals, but our... Uh, species or spirits that we share this planet with, how do we explain to them the feeling and the connection that you and I have, you to your horses and myself to our three little girls? Mm. Gosh. Well, let's see. Let's imagine that the species is not what counts. Right. Dog, cat, horse, mm-hmm. parakeet, fish. Let's imagine that what counts is a feeling of connection to another being. Anybody can relate to that. That so is true. For your listeners who don't have that relationship with animals in particular, they're going to have it with another human being. And... So the only difference really is the the form and maybe some of the habits and uh, and the way they communicate. And yet, it's still another living being. So would it be fair to say, based on your experience, that if you cannot share this world with a human, you certainly wouldn't be able to share it with any other species? Um, I'm not quite... Quite sure I follow you, but from what I think you're saying, I want to slightly disagree and say there are some people who share it much better with animals than they do with humans, you know? That's interesting. So, yeah. There are certainly people who have a, they, they feel shut down mm-hmm. from humans and they, they don't trust humans and they, they're more likely to be isolated, but that same person might um, have a dog right at their feet all the time. You and I have to take our first break. Great having you back with us, uh, Rosalind. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Exo Nation, our guest is Rosalind Byrne. Her website is R-O-S-A-L-Y-N-B-E-R-N-E dot com. That's rosalindbyrne.com. And Rosalind and I will be back after this short break as we continue here in the Exxon on the Exxon Broadcast Network and on iHeartRadio.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back, everyone. Rosalind Byrne is our special guest this hour. RosalindByrne.com is her website. And Rosalind, the last time you were on the show, you told us about your first experience with hearing a horse. Why don't you tell us that story again for those who didn't hear it the last time? Oh, sure. Well, there I was in Costa Rica, and I had been there on a writing retreat, mm-hmm. sitting in a cabin up in the rainforest for a few days, and I thought, time to get some fresh air. So I went on a trail ride with about four other tourists who were renting up in that same place. And it was led by the woman who owns this place. Her name is Debbie. So we rode. And at the end of the ride, we crossed the river Arana. I was the last to cross the river. And we were three quarters of the way across. And and for some reason, I don't know how it happened. I was sliding off and I was in the water. And I remember very, very specifically the feel of the water, not so cold, the, the light filtering through the particulate mm-hmm. matter as the water ran over me. And I stood up and I was filled with joy. I started laughing, this lightness <laughs> of being, which was really great because I was having a tough time in life. I was going through a divorce. My oh, no. son was really sick. Anyway, I was laughing, but the horse was looking at me in horror. I mean, you don't have to be an equine empath or a horse whisperer to be able to tell that that horse was upset. So I pat him on his butt Mm -hmm. and I said, don't worry about me, I'm fine, everything's fine. I climb back on and we start riding and then I hear this horse, his name is Titan, and I hear him say, 
Nobody's ever fallen off of me before. Wow. What happened? Are you okay? Am I going to be in trouble? Did you get hurt? I'm supposed to take care of people who are on my back. I didn't take care of you. I think I'm going to be in trouble. Rob, he was so upset. Wow. And so I started talking back to him. Now, let me explain. Mm -hmm. I wasn't speaking out loud. It's like there was a microphone in my ear, like earbuds, and right. I was hearing his voice quietly. And so I thought, well, I'll just talk back to him in my head, not out loud. And so we're having this conversation. I'm saying, Titan, I don't think you're going to be in trouble. Why would you be in trouble? Don't worry. I'll take responsibility. You didn't do that. And so a couple minutes into this, we're almost back. And I can see the barn ahead of us. And I hear him say, you really hear me, don't you? I said, yeah, I think I must. And then he said, then I need your help. Will you help me? I said, well, how can I help you? He said, I need for you to tell Debbie something for me. And he actually used her name. I said, okay, what do I tell her? He said, tell Debbie she's wrong about me. I don't need to go back for more training. I just need a break once in a while. So I wait till all the other tourists have left. You know, we all dismounted. Mm -hmm. And when they were gone, I went into the stable room, the tack room, and I said to this woman, Debbie, you know, let me reintroduce myself. You know, I'm Rosalind. I've been here a few days, and I just I want to tell you that your horse has a message for you. <laughs> well, you can believe she gave me a very funny look. <laughs> I told her, mm -hmm. and then I left. That night at dinner, she came up to me, and... She very quietly said, I need for you to tell me how you know about that. Well, the long and the short of it is that she and the stableman had been talking about sending Titan back for training for the last couple of weeks before that. And um, she was upset because she said, you have no way of knowing about it. Can you explain yourself? I said, no, your horse told me. <laughs> so that's where it began. Wow. Uh, how did she take that, that the horse her horse had chosen to speak to you. Well, she walked away, and I thought she was walking away thinking, well, you know, I got mm -hmm. a bit of a kook here. Right. And um, that the next morning was my last day there. I was going back to the United States, and she came up to me at breakfast, and she said, I know you're leaving today, but before you go, I really, really need your help. And I said, how can I help you? And she said, "My the first horse I ever got when I came here from the U.S., her name is Hitana, She's acting up. She's uh, disturbing the trail rides. She's not behaving as she's supposed to. I think she's going to be a danger. I'm probably going to have to get rid of her, but I really love that horse. She's my favorite horse. I don't want to have to do that. Can you please go ask her what's wrong? I said, I don't think so. I, I have no idea what happened yesterday with Teton, but this is not what I do. And I'm sorry. I wish you luck with your horse. Well, that woman, Debbie, she stood right there and stared at me and said, I, I really need to, to have you to at least try. Would you just try? Yeah, well, I tried. And I went into the stable with her. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that happened was nothing happened. I said, oh, hi, Hitana. My name is Rosalind, and I'm here to talk to you about what's going on. I hear nothing. So Debbie, sorry. She said, don't give up yet. Please try again. So I thought, okay, wait a minute. I've seen the, the horse whisperer movie. Maybe I should whisper. So I whispered, Hitana, do you want to tell me what's going on? I want to try to be helpful. Nothing. Wow. So then I thought, I don't know what to do, Debbie. Sorry. And she said, please don't give up. 
So I stood there for a minute. It's like, all right, let's see. So I went really close to the horse. Now imagine mm -hmm. she's facing the same direction I'm facing. So it's like my head and her head are next to each other. I'm whispering in her ear. This time I whispered, Hitana, Debbie is considering getting rid of you because she doesn't know what's wrong. I suggest if you want to keep staying here as your home, you let me know what's going on. At that point, Rob, that horse turned completely around. So she was facing me and her eyes were right in front of my face. And I heard her say, what did you just say? What did you just say? I said, I said, you might have to be sent away. Then it began. And it's like I got pulled into a flow. And once in that flow, I could see and hear things. She showed me a pasture and she said, I need to be put there and left alone for a while. There's something I need to do by myself. I have too much responsibility for this herd. Well, it turns out she's the lead mare. She was responsible for the herd. I can't take care of the herd and do what I need to do. Then she showed me an image of her belly and said, I need to be alone. And I thought, what's wrong with her belly, Debbie? She's showing me her belly. Well, we went for a walk. I saw the pasture she had shown me in the vision. Mm -hmm. In front of it was a gate that right. was locked. And Debbie said, that horse has been trying to open this gate for weeks, and we keep having to reinforce it. So well, now you know why. They put her in there. They left her alone. I went home. Two weeks later, Debbie writes to me, and she says, remember that horse, Hitana? Well, it turns out she was pregnant, ah. and, she, and she lost, she lost the, the, the embryo, oh, or at no. that point, the fetus. She lost the fetus, and nobody knew she was pregnant. My feeling, Rob, is that that horse needed to put her full energy yeah. on trying to support that growing embryo, and that's why she was desperately trying to communicate with them, I can't be out here doing this work. Leave me alone. That's where it started. Unreal. Uh, did did this lady realize that she was overworking these horses? Well, it's not that she was because the horses are. I just came back from there three days ago. Actually, oh, really? the horses are thriving there. Wow. What would it? What the condition of that particular horse is mm -hmm. that because she had an unwell fetus. I see. And she sensed it. She needed to be pulled away, but. You know, how, how's a regular human being who's used to regular sort of horse, mm -hmm. the way horses, how are they going to know that's what's going on? That is so true. That is so true. That's why you are such a, such a gift to humanity and to the equine world, because you are there. You are the interpreter, the spokesperson, the whisperer. Well, after she told me that, after she wrote to me, I was having a morning meditation. Yes. And I put this sort of prayer out to the universe. What is this that I'm supposed to be doing now? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a professor, a researcher. Why am I getting this? What am I supposed to do? And that day, like, how, how, how do I use this? Why is this here with me? That day I got on a plane to go to Texas for a conference. And when we got to Atlanta and changed planes, I was going down the escalator to the trams that changed concourse. I'm looking over the railing to see if the train has come because i'm anxious about missing my connection of course. i feel i feel that my head is being turned in the opposite direction towards the wall mm -hmm. and just as my head turns a big poster is on the wall and it's a menagerie of all these animals and the caption says 
be the voice for those who cannot speak. Wow. Aha. Uh-huh. Talk about getting an answer right away. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, you know, I love it when that happens. <laughs> so. Now, you, that was your first uh, empathic communication was seven years ago. Have you continued to hear horses speaking since then? Yes, very much so. But the trick is that I'm having to learn to trust it and learn to discern the difference between a true, pure connection and flow and my own thinking. And so I've been trying to refine this so I'm really more confident and I I can believe. Sometimes I'll hear something and I'll think, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, right. And then I'm like, wait a minute. No, no, no. Trust it. Say it. Speak it. And virtually every time when I trust it, it turns out to be accurate. So it's like the last seven years have been a refinement of this gift. And I've probably talked to, since then, another 50 or 60 horses. My goodness. Yeah. When you hear the horses, is it in a different voice than your own? Uh, it's sort of like, oh, how do I describe this? Yes and no. Okay. Um, my brain knows my voice really mm-hmm. well. Sure. We, we all know that little voice inside of us. That's it. Yeah. That's the one. And, you know, you know, I think, you know, it's biblically it's called the still small voice maybe, or, or maybe that's not right. Maybe that's when people are thinking they're hearing God. I don't, I don't know how to, but it feels like that. Right. Like I that. understand. Yeah. It feels like a quiet and sometimes it's a vision, sometimes mm-hmm. it's a sense, it's just, sometimes there's a conversation between me and the horse, other times it's just I'm tuned into some kind of flow and I can interpret, like I can look at the horse and sense what's going on with the horse. And then when I speak it out loud and the horse realizes, wait, she really does know, then what happens is the horse gets really still, really still. And and you can feel that they're now connecting into whatever this flow is. And then it just starts pouring in. And I start talking, like just talking, whatever's mm-hmm. coming through. And that's how it works. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by. Exonation, our guest this hour is Rosalind Byrne. That's R-O-S-A-L-Y-N-B-E-R-N-E dot com. Rosalind Byrne. Com. And uh, Rosalind and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue talking to our very own horse whisperer here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, if you'd like to watch the X-Zone TV show, go to www.simultv.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, 
Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Rosalind Byrne is my special guest to this hour, Exonation, www.rosalindbyrne.com. And uh, Rosalind is the author of two very interesting books. The first book is When the Horses Whisper and Walking to Beauty. And once again, her website is www.rosalindbyrne.com. That's www.rosalindbyrne.com. Rosalind, here's a question that I uh, that that came to me during this last break. If you're able to communicate with horses, can you communicate with other animals? You know, people want to know that, and yeah. I have been able to look at a dog mm-hmm. and key into what's going on. I haven't been able to have a conversation with a dog. So somebody might send me an image and I can mm-hmm. say that dog is pretty sick, yeah. you know, or really depressed, but I haven't actually been able to sit down, look in the eyes of the dog like I do with a horse and have a full out conversation. Can I use this an analogy? Would it be like someone who goes to a different country, let's say Italy, for example, and they do not speak Italian, and the person who is in Italy doesn't speak English, and there's a language barrier. Could that be the same as as people like you who can communicate with horses have a problem communicating with other species is because the language barrier hasn't been broken yet? Well, that's interesting. And, you know, horses are, well, horses and dogs are pretty different. On yes, lots yes of they are, yeah. <laughs> and for some reason, I'm oriented towards horses and not so much to dogs, mm-hmm. although I certainly have noticed ever since I've been communicating with horses, dogs come up to me and say hello. I mean, wow. that I've noticed. And um, in fact, I was with a horse the other day in very deep connection and flow and conversation and a dog named Sam came up and buried his head in my armpit and stood there the whole time. So it's as if the dog is sensing what I'm doing. Does that make sense? It's it, like the dog knows. It, it does. Doing. It does make sense to me because I am an animal lover. And as you know, I have three little girls that are very close to me. You know, it seems that our six children left the nest and we adopted or brought, you know, adopted three more. Except these ones are mm. little furry ones and they have four <laughs> little paws. And the big difference between the... The six that left the nest to the three that we brought in is that, you know, I hope I don't say this wrong. 
<laughs> Be careful but, there, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to take my foot out of my mouth here in any second. <laughs> the three that we brought home show at all times unconditional love. It's not, gee, Dad, you know, if you get me this or get me that, I'm really going to love you. You know what I mean? Are you finished chewing on that toe, Rob? Hold on. i got to take the foot out. Yeah. Okay. I, it's out. <laughs> well, let's, in, 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 let's say this. Um, we, um, it's pretty obvious that dogs are really interested in loyalty and devotion. Yes. And it's pretty obvious that dogs, most of them, not all, really like affection and attention. Mm-hmm. And they really like touch. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, the daughters, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of three daughters. We're different than that. <laughs> but anyway, the horses, the horses don't care about touch the yeah. way they're not tactile, though they're perfectly ha- If you scratch where it itches, they appreciate that very much. But uh, when, a, when you uh, put so your arms I. around the horse to yeah. hug it, it's really for you. It's really not for the horse. What they like is different. They like a feeling of security that you are in charge and will protect them because they are animals of prey. But you've, you've got something totally different than that. You actually have a communion with the I equines. Do. And, I, and you know, that is a gift. And where do you think that this gift comes from? Well, I go back and forth because, you know, I, people ask mm-hmm. that question. At first I thought, and, you know, even until recently, last radio show I did, I claimed, we're all born with this. Mm-hmm. We just forgot it. Yeah. Or it was taught out of us when we were really young and we, we came into this society where people aren't so open to these things. We all have it. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking. And then um, my daughter heard a talk by a woman that was just out um, – in a Native American community um, out in the Northwest where one of the elders said, people all over the planet are waking up and as they do, more and more people are learning that they can talk to the animals. Wow. And my daughter wrote and texted me, Ma, your gift is really important. And I thought, now wait a minute, that's an interesting concept Mm -hmm. that we're in an evolutionary phase for the human species where we're awakening to this capacity. Now that's that. There's something to think about there. Um, why would we need that? Well, I think it's really critical right now that we become aware of our interconnection to all the life force and all the other animals on this planet, because that's a matter of our survival, frankly, is what I think. Let me ask you this. Is it possible that... And this is what I believe, that we humans who think we're at the top of the chain of the totem pole of this planet are actually on the bottom. (laughs) And that animals, birds, reptiles, insects are above us. And it's our own ego that lets us believe in our little weird way of looking at things that we are the supreme beings, that we have it all wrong. Because let's face it, if every other species on the planet decided to eradicate humanity, it wouldn't take very long. Or the Earth itself, frankly. Exactly. So I'm with you on half of it. 
Alrighty. I think that we are not. I think that that notion of below or above, you know, mm-hmm. bigger cerebral cortex, you know, more intelligent, more powerful, is um, an ego trap. Yes. And I think that our brains are different. Mm-hmm. We've developed language uh, differently. We um, we can create tools that make tools, which most animals don't create tools that make tools. Mm-hmm. We can manipulate the planet in sort of very major ways. But I'll tell you who, what else can do that is a plant can do that. Plants True. are amazing. And so just like um, most of the mass, land mass on this planet is from plant material. And mm-hmm. the plants are extremely sophisticated in their ability to get what they need from other species. So if we, the more we learn about what other species are yes. able to do, the more humble pie I think we need to eat. Oh, I agree with you. And if it wasn't for plants, we would not survive as a human species. Well, right. Uh, start with the trees and the oxygen. Exactly. And exactly. <laughs> and, and, and you know what I love about talking to people like yourself is you see the whole picture. You see the big picture. And well, in today's do. society, that is rare. Well, um, I don't really see myself as special, Rob, but I do feel that some awareness is coming that has mm-hmm. really changed my concept of who we are as as human beings and what the planet is. And it's changed my life so that even I put in a really big vegetable garden this summer. I've never oh, done that before. And what happens? Now I go out there. Tonight I went out there to pick some greens for mm-hmm. dinner. I'm thanking the plants as I'm picking them apart. Because without those plants, I mean, we don't have life. Exactly. We don't have life. Exactly. So it's like I get it now. Yeah. And I'm really grateful. I was reading an article earlier today, and my wife and I were discussing it over supper, where in Europe they are noticing the um, the decline of insects that cross pollinate. Right. And this is raising red flags. Well, the bees would be the end of us if they're gone. The yeah. pollinators, right, we know that because then the plants don't seed and they don't grow right. and then we're done. And we have so much influence. They call it the Anthropocene, right? Now, mm-hmm. how much influence we have? Anthropocene. How much influence we've had over the ecosystem and the life on this planet is in some ways exciting and in other ways horrifying yes. because it could be it could be the end of us if we're not extremely careful. The first thing I planted were pollinators. I, I mean, pol- uh, plants that pollinators yes, like. Yes, you're right. That's the first thing I did. But um, I'm, you know, as individuals, I think the more we talk about it, the mm-hmm. more we talk honestly and openly like this, and you people like you have radio shows like this the more we'll begin to get it. I'm still such an optimist, even in what feels like such a dark time to me. I still have to believe that we are going to figure this out. On the other hand, a mayor named Beauty, who lives in Costa Rica, brought me to tears a few years ago. And it's in the book, it's in my second book, Waking to Beauty. Mm -hmm. She was standing in front of me very seriously. Right. And she said, the planet is in the process of expelling the human species because it has no choice. Things have become so out of balance and it needs to maintain all of life. And your one species has thrown it off so much that it's threatened it. And it is in the process of expelling the human. I started weeping. I was shocked. She said, however, 
the human is cherished mm -hmm. here. And the earth, the, the, the life force of this earth still wills and hopes that you will shift enough that it can stop this process. And I started thinking, yeah. oh my God, is that where this major Lyme disease, Zika, all these things that are coming up at the micro level, yeah. is this part of the process? Is well, the climate change and the storms part of the process? We have oh been raping God. this planet for years. Yeah. You, know, you know, people, I, I can't believe how naive people are. Nobody with the ability to do anything is taking the correlation between the amount of oil that is being taken out of the planet compared to the increase in earthquakes. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. You I know. know. The number and of I cell towers. I live in an towers. engineering school. Yeah. Right? I live in an engineering school. That's where I teach and work. And yeah. the thing is, there's a lot of, we are still so much still caught up in our consumption yeah. and maintaining our lifestyle and in things that inspire us like profit mm -hmm. that we're forgetting that there are other considerations that are so critical you know people not only do they not make the correlation between the the withdrawal of oil and the earthquakes because what we're doing is we're taking out the the fluid between the tectonic plates and they're they're rubbing and and you know this story but nobody is making the connection between the increase of cell towers and the decrease in a lot of insects we're changing yeah. so many things. Well, people are waiting for definitive, scientifically proven um, correlations. Yeah. And there's a lot of disagreement in terms of studies that are done and findings that are coming out. And, you know, there's also a lot of ego investment in oh, big time. <laughs> what people believe. Hey, listen, I, I hate to cut you off, my dear, but you and I have to take our final break. It's great talking to you. And do me one favor if you can. What's up? Keep on doing the great work you're doing. You too, Rob. You All too. Right, sweetie, stand Thank by. You. We'll be right back. Exonation, my guest this hour is Rosalind Byrne. And Rosalind and I will be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 
401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. of weird stuff. It's the bombs, it's the comets, it's the dark dark days upon us, or so say the folks who all quote Nostradamus. Earth changes, earth changes, oh prophets of doom, it sounds like disaster is your favorite tune. If it makes you feel better, get it out, out of your system and tell us about the Okay, the poles, they will shift and volcanoes will bellow. LA's gonna disappear, New York turn to jello. There'll be tidal waves, earthquakes, fissures and cracks. The earth's gonna be screaming, you can all kiss my axes goodbye, bye, bye. Earth changes. Oh, Earth changes by Michael Horn. And I've got to tell you, that song makes a lot of sense. I've been playing it now for, why, I think 10, 15 years. And every time I listen to it, it I kind of say, well, you know what, Mikey? It makes a lot of sense. My guest this hour, Nation, is Rosalind Byrne. Her website is rosalindbyrne.com. First of all, Rosalind, thank you ever so much for coming on the show and sharing with us not only your, uh, your gift as a horse whisperer, but your common sense when it comes to what is happening in this world. And is, in your opinion, is there anything we can do? How do, how do we, how do we tell the rest of the world what's going on? You know, there's, there's so many, so many things going on. We've got climate control. We've got the depletion of the, uh, of the ice shelves. We have the eradication of a lot of the insects, and, and then as you, you and I were talking in the last segment, if it wasn't for planets, we uh, planets, plants, we wouldn't be here. So, how do we get the message out there? Well, you're a broadcaster, and so you're doing it in a big way. And I'm an I'm an author and a writer, and I'm doing it in a little bit of a smaller way, but I'm oh, doing my best. Well, I don't think you're doing it in such a small way. <laughs> well, I'm doing it. The, so the point I'm trying to make is, we do it. We do what we can, yeah. but also with the realization that. There's, you know, we have to have our lives and the world's going to keep turning and there's, there's always been problems in the world. So what I think for me is like, look in the eyes of the people and the animals in your life and mm -hmm. just recognize the connection that we have. And if we all did that, it's problem solved. That's what I think. Simplistic, but realistic because there's too much to take on for any of us to be concerned about everything. It's too stressful. I think, oh my gosh, like, yeah. look at each other, like, open the door for somebody, say good morning, yeah. notice the dog, feel the, feel the connection. Mm -hmm. That's plenty. That's actually what I think. That's plenty. The rest will unfold as we begin to really reconnect with each other and the species. Things will shift. I just really believe that. So do I. I believe that there is hope for humanity. And by giving hope to humanity, you're giving hope to 
the continuation of this planet. But we must be accountable for the actions we're taking and how we're destroying this planet. So why don't we individually take responsibility for ourselves and the people in our lives? Like, yeah. Know what we're buying, know what we're eating, know where it came from, know what our choices mean mm -hmm. as our own individual. That's plenty. If we even just did that, we'd be better off. But most of us are not conscientious and we're not willing to ask, what does this mean? Or is it a fact that they are not getting the truth, that they are being, uh, that they are, they are not, oh, geez, how, uh, get, I got it. I'm getting ready, yeah, but I'm getting ready to get my foot out of my mouth again. <laughs> I think what I, here, let me say what I All right. is going on. Um, you got to work hard to know what the truth is these days. That's true. I love it. You said it very gracefully, and thank you, because uh, I'm, I'm still getting the taste out of my mouth for the last time. <laughs> when you're talking or communicating with the horses, do they at, every, at any time voice their concerns about what they see that is happening that humans are responsible for? Not in those terms, except for what Beauty had said to me about, you know, things are out of balance and... Mm -hmm. We may not be here much longer if we can't figure this out. Generally, they're much, she's an unusual horse in that she has a big picture and she's sort of a very enlightened being. The other ones are much more concerned about their own individual lives um, or their relationships with their people. The difference between horse relationships and dog relationships, when you have a dog, most of the time, most people intend to keep that dog around and that's their part of their family. Yes. With horses, they buy and sell and trade pretty quickly. I bought this horse to do X, Y, Z. It's really not doing it the way I want it. Let's trade this one and get a new one. And so a lot of what happens is the horses are devastated because they don't yeah. know what happened. Like, where am I now? Where's my person? I bonded. Yes. What did I do? And so a lot of my work is helping the horse understand he didn't do anything wrong. And here's what happened. Or telling people, please, 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 if you're going to get rid of a horse, please let them know. Mm -hmm. Tell them thank you for being with me. And I'm sending you to the best place I can. But it's a lot of buying and selling and trading like wow. objects. We don't do that as much with dogs. You know, my brother bought my niece a pony, I guess about 15 years ago. Or maybe 10 years ago. No, it's got to be 15 years. And even though my niece has outgrown the pony... You know, my brother still has that pony. Mm, wow. And, That's commitment. And it's, it's, to him, his horse is like our three girls are to us. Wow. And there's a definite bond. The, the, the horse knows him. The horse knows my mom and dad who go up to visit. Mm. You know, and, and, and to me, that, that, that's wonderful because I don't believe any animal should be looked at as a commodity. Now, one of the jobs that I have done through our company was director of communications for the SPCA. Mm. I've seen what humans can do to animals. Yeah. And I'll tell you something. It does not make me proud to be a human being. Yeah, well, look what we do to each other. Exactly. Yeah, each e other. Exactly. And you know there yeah. there are studies that have 
that have shown that if you're mean to insects, if you're mean to reptiles as a child, you're going to be mean to animals and people. Mm. There's a definite correlation here. Yeah, that's so sad, isn't it? It it is, it is. And, Mm. you know, my hat is off to anyone who works in a shelter, anyone who is in the enforcement of laws against the, the cruelty to animals, and to responsible pet owners. God bless each and every one of you. You know, Rob, what we do to pets, we do to ourselves. That is so true. Yeah. That is so it, true. Yeah. Speaking mm. about pets, how are your horses? Ah. ah. We have three now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love them. They're so much fun. And we don't even ride. We just go out and hang out with them and feed them and groom them and talk to them. And mm-hmm. they are such rascals. They are such rascals. The three of them waited until my husband was traveling. And I had to go into that um, pen mm-hmm. to uh, clean it by myself. I opened the gate to drive yeah. the tractor in. They waited till the perfect <laughs> moment. All three of them ran right past me and out the gate into the backyard. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Are they rascals. Oh, my and gosh. And I love them. Thanks for asking. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. So what's next for you? You've, you've got two great books out there. You're a wonderful lady. You're a hardworking mom. What's next? Oh, my goodness. Well, retirement? Uh, no, I'm not sure. I've got one more book coming out that'll be in the series. And I don't know, maybe by the spring I can get that one to the publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably have you know, another five or six years of my work as a professor. And then I want to wrap that up and, and pay attention to this horsework full time when money is not an object and I don't yeah. need a salary. I hear that's, you on that one. Yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> um, what are your, what are your final words to the people around the world listening to us tonight? Hmm, are they really around the world? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, gosh, Uh, I think that animals are, particularly the domesticated animals that are in our lives, Mm -hmm. many of them, I think that they're actually trying to help us. And I think if anybody is so um, privileged as to have an animal in their life, whether it's in the home or just the same cat that shows up once in a while at the back door, um, take a moment and pause and just look at them and think about the possibility that they have something to teach because I think that they do. And I think that they um, are really trying to help us to, as it were, wake up and become more conscious of our interconnection and our interdependence as species on this planet. Let our listeners know where they can get copies of your book, my dear. Go on the website. It's easy to find. www.roslynburn.com Yeah. Roslyn, I want to thank you so much for sharing your time with us tonight here in the X-Zone. I love talking to you, and I look forward to the next time you join us back here in the Exxon, and please make it soon. I will. Thank you, Robert. Take care of yourself. My regards to your family and to your three horses. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, Exxon Nation, Rosalind Byrne has been my guest this hour, www.roslynburn.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Exxon Broadcast Network and iHeartRadio. By the way, the last edition of the X Chronicles newspaper, 7 million plus copies downloaded around the world. I'll be back. Don't go away. 